0: When I started recovering, and when I started integrating my near-death experiences, I wanted to feel like I felt in my near-death experience. Here, I I wanted to feel. Change our ways as humanity. And to allow each and every child to be here and enjoy the blessings of earth and the joy of being human and the possibilities that being in a human body allows us but um can you just explain
1: to the listeners that don't know what a shamanic energy healer is
0: shamanism is 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 ancient wisdom and it's um it relates to uh... welcome to interviews with innocence a podcast
1: about spirituality, consciousness, and the profound wisdom of our young. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am super excited to have Efrat Shokaf on the show. Efrat is a shamanic energy healer practitioner who works with children, teens, parents, and families. She focuses on guiding parents and raising their spiritually aware children, helping them say yes to the many invitations their children offer, becoming the parents their children's souls have chosen. When her daughters were still babies, Ephrat was severely wounded in a car crash and had a near-death experience, which sent her on a quest to the essence of motherhood, motherhood that is beyond the doing or the non-doing the universal soul promises we all made to our children. Efrat holds a PhD in social organizational psychology and is a certified group facilitator. She homeschools her three spiritually aware teens who constantly invite her to grow. Welcome to the program, Efrat. Hi, Marla. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. You are in Israel, so you are You are quite a ways away. Thank goodness for this technology today that we're able to connect like this. Indeed. (laughs) Yes. So let's let a shamanic energy healer for for teens, for parents, for families. Um, That's just so beautiful. And if I understand correctly, your near-death experience brought you on this path or began this journey for you or so is that right and if yes just tell us a little bit about about your experience
0: so yeah this is definitely uh, right um i was always intuitive and sensitive and a seer and a knower um but as a child and as I was growing up, I never, I didn't realize or didn't identify the adults that could have guided me and explained my visioning, visualization, which were I was doing shamanic journeying from a very very young age. Um, shamanic journeying is often some people describe it as a, like a drum shamanic journeying, but we basically, and all children, when we journey, we go in our imagination and we're told we're just imagining and we're very fruitful and creative in what we imagine when we actually tap into additional dimensions. So I was doing that from a very young age um, and the in the few... Um, those few moments along the years when I decided I need to share this with uh, my parents, with my grandparents, uh, uh, with significant adults, because I needed some guidance because it was so big and so powerful. Um, they didn't know what to say, so they dismissed it. And, you know, when you get that kind of reflection, you say, okay, so this is wrong. I shouldn't be taught or I shouldn't be talking about it, and I was. Uh, I, I closed myself. I feared myself. I feared the. I feared the knowing, that uh-huh. was very natural for who I was. And I didn't want to know. And when visions would come, and it was in waves. Sometimes I had more. Sometimes I had less. I would really, really. It, it scared me. And I just did everything I could not to be who I am. You know, it's like basic. And uh, the near death experience came uh, together with a car crash, and uh, it has a significant in terms of uh, of the wounding because um, I didn't just break my arm; I, I was wounded all over, injuries all over, multiple injuries. I spent a long long time in the hospital, and then recovered, continued to recover at home. And it, it, I wanted to say required, but it demanded I reorganize my life. Because we're both spiritual and we're both in physical at the moment, and um, I needed to change everything. I couldn't just have this one injury that would let me go on with what was with, with my acad- with the academic with academic path I was on before that. I needed to have this full reorganization, and it was that moment of—I um, don't like this phrase—but I, I received the kick. Okay, so now. Okay, so you've been hiding from yourself. You've been ignoring yourself. Now uh, you have a choice. Either you walk who you are and you embrace who you are, or you can just uh, have a quiet, um, passive, I guess, life and just continue what you're doing, but you're not going to be happy. And... um, It took me a long time to integrate the near-death experience. I hear from a lot of people that it it was an initiation for them. For me, it was, maybe it was also an initiation, but it was more of an invitation. An invitation to take another little step and another step and another step, and to understand what happened. And to understand that everything that I experienced does not align with any um, mental limited beliefs that I held, but it was so powerful that I just—it was more powerful than anything. And I was—I was—I I, from being scared to be who I am. I was more scared of not exploring. Right. This new door that opened.
1: Yeah. So when during your near death experience, you know, you hear people talk about going to a place more real than than it is here and just the the love and the bliss and the it's really ineffable what they experience was yours kind of was it like that or what was the actual experience like for you
0: so yes it was um <laughs> when i started realizing what happened i was uh I was reading every near-death ex- experience story I could find. And I was like, oh, that happened to me too. Oh, but that didn't happen to me. So so is that real? Is it not real? I was like, but it was so powerful. A real thing. <laughs> yeah, it was like, but um, it was so fast. I left my body so fast that I did not experience what people often describe as a tunnel. Right. I was just in the light. And... Um, <laughs> I'm quiet for a reason. It's very hard to express in words, and in in, and not in my first language. Um, the sense within the physical—it's like I wasn't in, in, in my in my physical right, but in in whatever it is, it, it is I was my essence, my energy. Um, there was a serenity, calm. It's very I, I rarely feel this calmness within my body mm-hmm. it was being perfect accepted and loved as I was mm-hmm. so it's it's a feeling within the sense it's a feeling of realizing that 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 each of my cells the practical the little practicals of energy that together build me are all love right and that it doesn't matter if that hand later that's an understanding that the claim later that it doesn't matter if that is broken and that is bleeding and that is really really painful in the, painful in the physical in my energy everything was just perfect and um the surrounding is um is, is of beauty um it's luminous it, it, the luminosity is um. is very 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 um strong like it would blind you if it was in the physical it was mm-hmm. it, or, or you would close your eyes it, it would but it wasn't it's it's like this warmth enveloping.
1: Wow. So beautiful. So, how did that, Everett? How did that? I, I heard you in another interview talking about in a play group or something with some other moms, and someone asked the question. Well, you can you can explain it, and it made you really think about, I guess, what kind of mother you are. So, how did that weave into your near death mm. experience, and how you saw yourself differently, or what you wanted to do differently as a mother?
0: Well, that takes us to three, I think, three stories that need to weave into one. <laughs> Wonderful.
1: I'll
0: try. You can I'll do all them the the
1: separately if you
0: want. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to connect the threads. The car crash and the New Dance Experience happened on a Thursday. That Sunday, I hosted the community of moms um, in my community, in my local community, moms with babies. Um, and uh, my twins were 13 months then, and I was. Uh, and we used to meet. We used to. We had a lot of meetings. We did a lot of stuff together, the moms and the babies, and the. Um. Um. And I ha- held a circle, and I also a number of friends without babies came together. We there was a bunch of us, and and I. I held a s- circle with the question of the meaning. Meaning, what does motherhood mean to each one of us? And you think it's a coincidence, but obviously not right because it, I was the last, and i had i I was so grateful for this group, and later, I was even more grateful because they supported us amazingly while I was absent and I, and when I came back and um I lost all of my words. Marla, I couldn't say a word. I was clenching on my words and Eventually what I said, obviously in Hebrew and not in English, I want to be their mom. Mm-hmm. And this was really confusing for me because I'm their mom, right? You know, well, I, nice. I gave birth to them 13 months. I, I've been breastfeeding them. I've been growing them. I've been everything to them. What does this mean? I want to be their mom. Thursday, I was gone. So, this was a guiding question that was, it's like a prayer, I guess, that that touched deep into me. And I wasn't even, I I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand. I, again, connected the dots later. I wrote it in my journal. And, you know, and days as a young mom, (laughs) you don't really have a lot of moments to, to think about anything. Right. Um. When I started recovering and when I started integrating my near-death experiences, there were two leading questions and these are the two additional threads that were guiding me. I wanted to feel like I felt in my near-death experience here. I wanted, I wanted to feel those, that acceptance and that joy, whole joy here. Every day, every moment. And a few people, I talked about this at that time. that I thought it's not possible. It's not possible. That's not that we're not here to, to feel those feelings. And I was like, no, wow. I know, I know that if I can feel this out of my body and this is what I am, I am a spirit, I'm essence, I'm, I'm, I'm energy, I'm love. Why wouldn't they feel it here? And so, yes, it's a denser body and there are limitations and there are things going on that really, really, really challenge us. But at the essence, I knew it was possible. And if it was possible, then I want my daughters to know my near-death experience story, not as a story mom tells, but at their experience. I want them to walk life joyful, to have every day meaningful because they were happy and they were choosing. It was what they wanted and what was aligned to who they each are. And that is different for each of them. Yeah. So and and I wasn't their mom at that time. And I was looking for that essence that would make me their mom because I was absent and then I was home and I was not, I was like this picture on the sofa. I was sitting <laughs> and looking, I was unable to do anything. I was not constant. I was blurred from all the medication I was receiving. And my only moments of grace were moments where when I was just going back to my near-death experience, to those realms, I was just returning. I didn't understand this is what what I was doing, but this is what I was doing. I was just embracing light and just leaving, expanding, and going somewhere else. And these were my moments of of breathing within all that stress and pain and and inability to do the one thing that mattered. I didn't care about my career. I didn't care about definitions. I didn't care about anything. The one thing that mattered was being a mom, which returns to that meaning of motherhood yeah. that I was asking about before the car crash. So weaving it all together, it's um, it sent me on a quest of what is motherhood at the energetic soul essence and i don't have all the answers i have a bit of answers um of 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 what that meant for me and how i could become my daughter's mother i often hear people say but you were their mother it wasn't about becoming no i needed to become the mother that Mm -hmm. i promised i would be Mm
1: -hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I've had quite a few people on the show that we've talked about, you know, we choose our parents and we have a plan to learn, you know, learn lessons. and, And so just that comment about them choosing you and you to be the mother that, you know, that they, I guess, deserve, I will use the word. Can you just talk about that a little bit?
0: So my understanding also based on my uh, shamanic experience and the work I've been doing since and uh, the many children and families uh I had a privilege to meet and work with most children choose their parents it's not always true some children sign up for a life here and they don't even understand what they <laughs> what they're coming to right right and and um and they I I I I don't know if they just don't take that decision of parents seriously or they're being sent to specific families um, because it will enhance their learning or because it will uh that's where their service is needed. Mm-hmm. We're always co-creating. We're always coming here to participate in the co-creation. Um So a lot of the choices are soul choices, but not all of them. I have met situations when there is a child that doesn't want to be in the, it's clearly they don't want to be here. And we need to create the condition that will allow them to be here. So that because they bring gifts and they bring wisdom, all children bring gifts and wisdom. It doesn't matter who they are and where they come from. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it was clear that it wasn't part of the challenge. It was because that child did not feel They chose their parents, so is it because it was a confusion? I I don't know why that happened. You know, I I I try to help where I can, but not uh, not go into whatever is not my place to go into.
1: So let's talk about your work a little bit. Were you into shamanism? Well, obviously you'd been journeying since a small child, like like children do. And, and you were aware of it, which, but not validated, unfortunately, which happens, you know, a lot. But, and that's why we have this podcast, right? <laughs> to, yes. <laughs> to open up that awareness. An
0: amazing podcast, uh, yes. Thank you. But um,
1: can you just explain to the listeners that don't know what a shamanic energy healer is and how you bring that to families and children to help them and maybe tell a couple of stories if you if you have one or two. I'm sure you have many. Answering
0: partially to your question. We're privileged to be li- living in a time that there are a lot of modalities to work with energy. And when we combine shamanic healing with energy healing, it's another modality, it's another perspective on energy healing. And uh, I always encourage parents to find the path that works for them. Shamanism is is, is ancient wisdom, and um, it relates to uh, some people that do shamanic work, work with earth and with the plants. And some people who do shamanic work, work in heaven and with energy, like other energy healers. And it's a type of language, and it depends where that um, ancient wisdom is coming from. Because uh, there there have been shamanic practices and and um, and shamans people that are able to um, move and between dimension and thus mediate the healing or bring the understanding or carry the prayer to somewhere else. Everywhere the Kabbalah is shamanism, and there is something. Salt- Celtic shamanism. And we see a lot of uh, relationship between uh, European shamanism and uh, and North American and South American, but these are all different and we see different traditions. So, um, And I think today it's a lot about a dance between practicing the traditional elements using the language of that ancient wisdom, like when we talk about shamanic journeying or soul retrieval, for example, we use it, we, we use a certain language, and there is an energetic aspect of it, which someone can create do a soul retrieval, not knowing this is what they're doing in shamanic wow. language, but this is what they're doing as part of their energy work, activating or clearing energy in acupunctures. There are Points that help clear energies that belong to us out of the body, which is something we often do in shamanic work. So in my work, what I try to do, um people approach me for different reasons. Um if it's because uh, the child has emotional challenges, uh, because their child is uh, struggling with something, um, health issues. um, And often most of the kids that come to me um, are luminous beings, healers. And they need me to, they often, all they need from me is to guide their parents on how to guide them And to help the parents take that jump, that leap into who they can be so that they can walk aligned and not pull their child backwards with their gifts and their abilities and their seeing. So it's a lot about language and giving language. And this is why I also share so many tools on my website because an explanation. I take, for example, the, uh, the, the idea of soul retrieval. And I explain it also in energetic and simple terms so parents can understand that it basically it's something that they can at least partially do for their own okay. and for their children, just collect the, collect what's yours and push away what's not yours. And a lot of these tools can be used on our own when it's something complex, deep trauma that we can face or we don't have the tools. That's where I can mediate the healing when I can go for on a show, on a journey and to other dimensions to explore what can help that child or that family. I usually insist on working with the parents before the kids um because um not everything we bring is um is related to our parents or to our children. It's not always aligned. Um, That relates to what we talked about earlier, the essence of parenting. Some of our choices are personal choices and we choose a certain parent because that parent has that challenge on their family line because they're gonna be acting in a certain way and and we wanna be learning that or we wanna choose the opposite. So so these are personal uh, agreements and they're the universal ones that we all all share. I try to weave in and try to do whatever work is we can do through the parents, through the parents. And my work with children is more about uh, teaching them the tools that they can work with on their own. Um,
1: well, that's so important because many hear shamanic energy healing and And the question is, where, where can I find one of those where I need help? And I just, and it's, what's so beautiful about, about your book, where you have all of these tools and all these things that, that, you know, that the parents can, can actually do. Do do you have a, do you have a story for us of
0: something that you feel comfortable sharing? A girl that, um, she, she suffers from health issues. I'm trying to generalize it because mm-hmm. uh, people that are able to track, when they can hear me talk, they can track that person. So I'm I'm mixing actually three cases at the moment to avoid any ability for someone to track it. So I'm thinking it takes me a moment. <laughs>
1: it's
0: fine. And um, as a result, um, it's a mix of one girl and three and two boys, but... Um, as a result, she um, she escapes her body. She's not present. Now, one of the uh, signs of, of escaping one's body is when, you know, when children freeze for a moment, it's like you see them stare and they're not there. So it's not always a moment of escaping, but it often is like a piece of energy that something doesn't align for it. Now, it doesn't have to be huge trauma. It's something huge to happen that would say, oh, I can't be here because sometimes it's just little squeaks that are not aligned to that soul. The parents having um, an argument, not even loud voices, just, you know, disagreeing or something. And the child feels a disalignment and that contracts them and they freeze and something goes um, away and may return back or not. So this girl girl was having... um, she she was losing a lot of pieces of herself because uh, being in her body was very, very, very challenging. Um, And that healing uh, incorporated working with the parents. I'm not going to get into that. And with her, we looked for when in past lives she had similar conditions. Mm. And sometimes you catch it on the first uh, session Sometimes it takes a few with her. It took me quite a few to, we went deeper and deeper and deeper until I felt we uh, encountered the that situation, that life that was the first one when she experienced that related theme. And, and then we ripple the healing forward.
1: Interesting. And
0: as soon as we did that, um, we brought resolution and suddenly she was more awake she more she was more present we still needed to work with her a lot about tools about how to center how to ground how to notice she's out of her body because you know being out of our body can it's not exactly out it's more expanded It's, it's it's a natural state people always talk about let's ground let's ground but she needed to learn how to play with it because she has a natural ability to journey, to see, to vision. So she started working with arts, which was something she did not relate to before. But she was arts, like drawing and working with colors and very, very abstract and, and soaring with oak to bring that beauty that she was seeing, she was experiencing. Today, she writes beautiful stories because she moved into that and she 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 lets stories come out of her her physical will always be challenged yes. because she has a, a, a physical challenge challenge uh, that she always needs to balance and to watch and to to notice but within that she can be present when something comes into the physical it's harder to pull it out some shamanic practitioners are able to do that that's like really magical powerful work
1: mm-hmm
0: um so that is one kind of combined yeah combined story of how we work and how we look at things i think that any energy healing and specifically shamanic energy healing when we come to children and adults it's the same it's searching for a hidden reason because something is going on and you try all the modalities that you're aware of and you try to help your kid in so many ways, but something doesn't change. And then we need to figure out if there is, uh, if the energy is blocked, if there is a contract, if there is a a curse, if there is um, some promise that was made but is not relevant to the here and now. And then we clear those energies in many, many, many layers of our physical and energetic beings. And if we manage to find all those pieces then that person walks free of all the limiting beliefs, all those boundings that are just not theirs. Right. Think of a soul. A soul decides to come to a body, and she chooses the parents, or it doesn't choose them, but, and it it comes down. It carries the energy of that family. Now, each family has a child, has one member, sometimes more, that like takes a responsibility to do the healing, to mm-hmm. take the family's healing on them. So they would get sick and they would be challenged and they would, a lot of things would happen for them. So they would would solve a lot of pieces, not just for them, but seven generation or 14 generations or sometimes beyond back and forward. These kids are often healers and I often meet them so that we would start creating the ripple and offering them the guidance. And sometimes just being a lighthouse for them saying, hi, I see ours as you do. Right. It's okay. Um, it's normal. Just be who you are. It's so
1: needed for them to hear, right? Just yes. to validate it. So Ephra, what would you suggest? Well, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about um, you using the term for your new near death experience. It's just really touched me. And you said a love was under my skin. And I don't even know if that needs an explanation or not, because I think you explained it well earlier, just the love and the bliss that you felt. But that just really touched me, just that saying.
0: I think it touches you and I think it touches many. And I think this is part of the mission a lot of people that have near-death experience we we can we we, are, we have to share our stories but why why do we have to share our stories right, right. so i think so there's an understanding of the afterlife for me it's understanding of how we live here and now more than anything but that piece of when we realize each one of us is made of love it's it, it changes our perception about everything. Mm-hmm. It allows you to accept who you are and approach the life challenges you collected and, and the processes and the healing you need to go through with compassion. It opens a door for you to say yes to the many gifts that you've grown along the years and your abilities and your wisdom and to collect it in and say, well, I'm I'm going to walk who I am. And I'm not going to be embarrassed in my light. I'm going to show up as I am. And it allows you to see that same love in each and every person you meet. And sometimes it's very challenging to see mm-hmm. that possible ember almost dying in someone. But knowing that I am love and all humans are made from that same material. So I'm going to see through that darkness, that horrible behaviors, all kinds of things that we we don't want as part as our we we don't want to accept, encourage, or have as part of our the development of our humanity. And when we see that in others, wow! It's it's I, I can just stand outside and I can see children and people that have, just smile because. I don't look at their energy because I don't have permission. This is really important. But that recognition and you feel that and it radiates.
1: Right. Beautiful. Wow. So much, so much to think about. So let's talk a little bit about your new book, um, The Promise We Made. Would you like to share what and is this I apologize for not knowing this. All the tools that you're talking about in your in your this was in a past book, right? And then this is a brand new book.
0: No, no, no. Okay, oh no. <laughs> let's <laughs> see, put it into order. <laughs> so all the tools that I offer are on my website. Okay, and I offer them forever once to have them. Um, almost everything is offered for free. Um, I, I until very recently, I uh, I did a lot of uh, workshops when I where, when I taught where I taught parents these uh, tools and I'm just uh, I'm working now and putting it all into an evergreen course, be- course because um, it's really hard for parents to show up and then they miss meetings and it's really, really challenging. And the participants actually told me, just have it evergreen so we can use it whenever we want to. So that will happen at some point. Uh, the book, The Promise We Made is uh, my first book in English and it will be coming out this summer. And in that book, I share uh, both my near-death experience and everything that happened in more details. But I also go into the learning and the teachings that my near-death experience and all that I've shared earlier when we talked about the essence of parenting, taught me about the essence of parenting. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is a parenting journey? How it how it invites us to grow. What we are invited to choose, or to watch, or to walk in awareness with. Um, what promises we made to our children, personal promises, universal promises, and I go uh, and deepen on three universal promises that: um, truth, attentiveness attentiveness and motion and I explain exactly what each one of them are uh, is each one of them is uh, sorry if I'm my angry <laughs> that's good yes and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, um and I give a lot of examples both from my story of growth and how it affected my parenting and um in our family life examples from clients and uh, examples of how unfortunately A lot of our parenting practices, common, at least in the Western world, um, actually do the opposite of what our kids need from us. Mm. So I go into all of these examples, um, and the book is coming out uh, this summer, and I'm very excited about it.
1: Congratulations Uh, on that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. I heard you also say in an
1: interview, and... PMH, you were talking about PMH Atwater earlier, um, that it seems that children are just really, so many are being sent to the earth today um, who are healers and who are different and who want to change, who who are really bringing a transformation. Can you just briefly speak on that? The beings that I meet
0: are extraordinary Is my sample representative? No. Very specific <laughs> children find their way uh, to have their families work with me. It's like spirit is pulling the threads and, and um but yes, a lot of a lot of new beings are coming and they offer us an opportunity to expand our consciousness. And I think that part of what challenges a lot of parents is that there is a gap between who they are, the parents' essence, and then the essence of their children. Mm -hmm. And this gap grows even further when we are led by limiting beliefs, the way we were raised, the culture we're raising our children in what's acceptable and what's not acceptable are very needed guidance of how to live on our earth, which sometimes needs to be played with. What what guidance do, do they really need? What guidance allows them to stay the beauty that they are? I'm humbled when I see these souls, especially when I meet babies and their awareness and their knowing and there's like this conversation, like you go to a baby and you cuddle them. And there's a, con- for me, I speak light language and they speak light language, which everyone can speak light language. I have, a, I've developed the ability to understand it. So like we converge in the field and I can understand what they're saying. And it's just, um, I pray, I pray. And I know it's possible for us to change our ways as humanity. And to allow each and every child to be here and enjoy the blessings of earth and the joy of being human and the possibilities that being in a human body allows us. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, being who they are. It doesn't have to be separate, being a spirit, being an essence, being energy and being in a human body. We come and go. Some of us come from further places. Some of us never been here before. Some of us continuously weave in their wisdom and grow and come come as guides. And um, it's possible for everyone. So my sample, the kids I meet are those agents, future agents of change. And. I just said something which is not correct. They're not future agents of change. They're already agents they're of change because changing. when they facilitate the change and the uh, transformation within their family, they're already rippling right. out. And when you see those kids and you meet those kids as well, you're just speechless.
1: Yes, awed by them. And,
0: and 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 in gratitude. And in gratitude. in
1: so Ephra, what do you suggest? I mean, for parents that are listening to this singing, I just really have screwed this all up
0: <laughs> but, oh
1: my God going back and forth but but what, let's what have just, I
0: done what have I done? Yeah, what are your
1: words of wisdom other than running out and getting your book <laughs> on your website but what what would you like to shout to the parents and the children of the world or sing to the parents and the children of the world some you know words of wisdom that will be helpful to those who are listening and just fascinated and just really want to be the, you know, be the best that, that they can be.
0: One parents must take responsibility for their healing. So if you're aware you're acting like your mom and your mom acted like your grandma, and you don't like that behavior. Take responsibility and find a modality that will help you to change and walk free and be your essence. One of the our kids need us to walk as examples, to walk our talk, to walk who we are in our essence, and out the lies that culture, that we are internalized from cultures from our cultures. After we take responsibility, it's about acknowledging that our kids are on a journey, but they're is no hierarchy yes we are the parents and we are going to create grounding rules and they came to us and they need us to be guides on living here on earth but it's a mutual growth right and when we uh, walk this journey together then we can all grow and change and be attentive and it's a lot about Every just notice awareness is very powerful because as soon as something goes into our awareness, it's like dust that you can say, You can blow right, right, blow away. And, and at least we unweave at least part of it. I think homeschooling is like that in a way because it required for us to homeschool, we needed to um, dissemble every belief about what education children need, need kids needing friends classroom, topics, being successful, everything and every, and they grow and they bring new challenges because now they want to learn this or they want to learn that. And we need to unweave and disassemble another limiting belief that we didn't even realize that we're holding. So I invite parents to to notice and take responsibility and disassemble and unweave and work. Because when we do that, then our child has to deal with their stuff. Right. But at least they don't have to deal with our stuff and we can grow together. Mm -hmm. And I can go on with a few more tips, but I think this is enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I just have, we need to wrap it up, but I have a question about teaching children, any words of wisdom about what happens after we leave this earthly realm?
0: It's extremely important for children to have some story, some understanding of the continuity. Research from near-death experiences provides some of these understandings, but I don't think it really matters what story our child has, as long as we don't break it for them and say there is nothing after life. Because, life after life it's like the infinity symbol we come back and we go and we experience and we change form and we learn and um telling a child there is nothing beyond grandpa disappeared it doesn't exist anymore or not saying anything or not, say, not saying anything, and well, depending on the fa- family, what is wor- worse, but um, they know, and it's often they see grandpa and they talk to him, and mm-hmm. it's blocking that ability to communicate about something which is very active within them. It's saying, no, you're not okay as you are, and we don't want to give that message. Right. And we have, this is a big challenge when we think about messages that a lot of uh, counselors, psychologists, many of them are walking a spiritual path and they find their way and they listen to the family and the language and what can weave in. and when Many of them just say, let's not tell them any stories, but the children need a story. It doesn't matter again if it's this way or another way, but validating that we are more. Mm -hmm. And that there is more because at some point we're all going to die and come back. And, um, it's part of who we are.
1: So if people want to find you, um, where, how would they do that?
0: My website, fratshokef.com. That's how you can find me, my email, my social, um, everything you need.
1: Great. And that will be in the show notes.
0: So thank Wonderful. you thank so you.
1: much for coming on the show. I I'm just honored to chat with you, and I can't wait to get your new book.
0: Thank you, I can't <laughs> wait to have it out. <laughs> and thank I you, bet. and thank you for having me, and for and for holding these interviews. They are enriching and important for families. So thank you for the work that you do, Marla. Yeah, you're welcome.
1: If you've enjoyed today's episode and want to continue your journey, please subscribe to my podcast on your favorite platform. It helps us reach more people with these valuable conversations. Also, head over to my new website at marleyhughes.com and sign up for our newsletter for even more exciting adventures. Thank you.